This is the Gomaluku Podcast. Welcome to the third day of the expert workshop on enhanced participation of indigenous peoples representative institutions here in Geneva. Um, it's been a long day again, um, discussing, continuing on, continuing on with the discussions uh, from yesterday on selection criteria and in the afternoon we had three hours to talk about selection mechanism. Um, let me start off with, uh, with Ini, who ticked off this afternoon on talking about selection mechanism. Um, and of course, you, 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 you alluded to, to, the select, uh, to, to the story of your own community and the representative institutions that you represent. Um, can you briefly discuss the relevance of, of that story to the particular discussions that we're having today? Uh, yes, I would say that, uh, that actually just bringing this, uh, how we do it at the home, yeah. is one of the mechanisms that maybe we can think that we can use it in, use it in general, yeah. somehow adapting to yeah. our realities. Yeah. No? And I just was just thinking yeah. in Kunayala, so how we do it, and the communities, how it also the topics get to the ground, yeah. straight the communities and how they are involved in decision making. Even that there are just people like five people representing them, mm. but there are hundreds of people that they have opportunity to, this, uh, to have that uh, conversation at home mm. yeah, uh, a, month, a month previous of the assemblies. Mm. So we're talking about the selection mechanism and mm. how we should do that. So I just was thinking about it and also realizing then, then that uh, a lot of uh, territories maybe wouldn't be involved because yeah. it's not what they would like yeah. or they're not into this topic. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that's, you know, I would say like quickly, just, but we can for later. Okay. And Frank, you, you're ambassador of um, representing many indigenous people's <laughs> representative institutions. Um, do you have a selection mechanism in NCAI that might be useful for well, this particular process? I don't know so much as that. We mm. have a, uh, you know, we have election for officers mm. within the organization. Mm. And then each of the individual nations has their own uh, governing mechanisms, mm. uh, constitutions and other, other governing documents. And they, you know, the way they set it up. But then we have large, uh, large meetings several times a year. And at those meetings, we develop, <clears throat> develop and adopt resolutions. Mm. And so the work here and the international issues that we do is driven largely by the content of those resolutions. Uh, they're standing resolutions, so many of them have been in place for a number of years mm. that give guidance to how we're, what we're working on mm. here. So, uh, while we didn't have a direct discussion about this issue mm. as it was laid out, we have had a discussion about participation, mm. and so we, you know, we have resolutions that that pushed us towards the the negotiating uh, negotiations for uh, in, uh, indigenous nation participation in UN fora mm. across the board, mm. and then that led to. You know, all the work we did with the General Assembly 
and it also led to this this particular meeting. Yeah. Uh, as you know, I was at Quito, and was uh, uh, because of my uh, insistence that we have a paper that comes out of it. I ended up being the chair of the drafting committee yeah. to draft the, that the, the, the Quito document, yeah. which has been used as a premise for and laid out the issues yeah. that we're talking about here. Yeah and helped to bring about this workshop. Mm. Uh, and so, and that happened just, just before the pandemic. Mm. Uh, and so, but that's, uh, so the process that we go through is, maybe it's not debating the particular questions that were, that were on the list, mm. but it was with the, uh, the, the charge that I came here with was to work on this issue, to work on participation mm. of our indigenous nations. Mm of our, you know, the tribal nations. Yeah. And uh, to do that in a manner which we did, to that would satisfy what we need as, as sovereign nations in the U.S., working in concert with the, the other sovereign nations yeah. and nations that may not be able to call themselves sovereign, but mm. our, you know, the other peoples of the world, mm. the other indigenous peoples of the world, with their representative institutions, mm. which takes us back mm. to the Alta Statement mm. on participation. Mm. Okay, um, I'll move to Tiana. I mean, <clears throat> but tell me, thinking about, you know, perspective from your own iwi, mm. um, how did you kind of perceive these discussions about? Um, you know, selection criteria and selection mechanism. Is it something that 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 um, that would be able to get your EWIs involved? Did you did you see this discussion? I do identify yourself, your community in this discussion. Yes and no. Like mm. I think, in terms of like, you know, a lot of the conversation today was like mm. having someone of high integrity mm. has high expertise of the mm. entire region, mm. and. For us back home, we have those people that have been involved in these processes for, mm. for many years. Some mm. were involved in the enhanced participation, for sure. Mm. And so it's figuring out a way to make that accessible for them to mm. come in. Um, but no, also because uh, some of the um, conversation today was a little bit... Uh, confusing or confused by different perspectives given mm. where people came back to like the um, selection process mm. or criteria um, where it wasn't necessarily grounded in like principled approaches of does does this process infringe on self-determination mm. does this process actually mm. yeah and if it does that how is that actually going to move people towards mm. enhanced participation mm. and you know a comment at the end was like um, if there is um, like reviews or whatever into mm. whether or not people are eligible mm. yeah where's the conflict there mm. yeah, an interesting day yeah yeah um, I think there was a lot of discussions about the role of regions uh, in the mechanism selection mechanism um, uh, there is general concerns about, um, I think one of the um, participants uh, mentioned uh, how uh, the, the idea of having seven uh, seats for the mechanism, for example, has been, uh, has been uh, mentioned. And, and they're also afraid that, 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 uh, that the region, specific region has a, has a very um, 
uh, distinct uh, government uh, representative institutions that may not well be understood by other regions. Um, <clears throat> and, and I just wondered, um, is, is there a role for regions uh, to make this uh, in a selection mechanism um, for enhanced participation at the Human Rights Council? Let's start with you, um, Frank. Okay, well, um, we need a, we were talking about criteria and mechanism today, and a mechanism for actually um, accrediting those people who, those representative institutions that will be able to have this special status that we're referring to, that we're negotiating here. And that accreditation is going to deal with all seven regions of the world, uh, indigenous regions. And we have given, there were several examples given of how this has been done in other UN fora, uh, how this, this has been put together. Uh, one example that Kenneth Deer spoke to and that I supported his, his thing was using the, the process that is for choosing the seven indigenous members of the facilitated working group for the local communities and indigenous people's platform at the UNFCCC. And the idea that, that each region chose its own representative and a, and a, and a support, two people from each region. Yep. That were with one holding the seat, mm. but uh, but a, an alternate mm. in each case, and uh, that left the decision to the region, which I think addressed some of the concerns because people were saying, how can some other region tell us who we're going to be able to, mm. who we're going to put in there? Mm. Well, once you have the body there mm. of people, mm. then uh, Kenneth Deer spoke quite eloquently about the voluntary fund and the, and the creation of the voluntary mm. fund. And what was it, 85, I believe it was. And, and how he was one of the, the first members on there. And about how that helped build trust between indigenous peoples and mm. the, the parties, you know, for the UN. And that, then that that process worked with representatives from various regions that came together to do that work. Well, we're sort of looking at the same kind of a model in a way. Yep. With this, is the idea that that we will select people to, uh, you know, to serve, uh, to, to be part of this mm. mechanism for accrediting people. Mm. Now, it's really important to draw that distinction between the mechanism for accrediting people, and then how the people that are once they're accredited, how they then participate. Mm. Those are two different processes. Yep and they, they get conflated sometimes yeah. in people's minds. Mm. And I think that has led to some of the confusion and mm. some of the discussion. Yep. But they are separate processes. Mm. And for instance, any, you know, it's, it's certainly my position that any, uh, any of our indigenous governing bodies, uh, representative institutions, mm. uh, and that long list of, of governing bodies uh, that's in the ALTA document, mm. that uh, anyone from all, anywhere in the world could get accredited. Mm. But we all know that few are going to be able to take the time and or have the money mm. to be able to come to, to mm. a meeting. And it's going to be you know, that they will, they'll end up picking someone to represent mm. one or more of them. 
yep. to come. Yep. So we'll have a process here so that the, the but, but in order to have the authority to speak, you will need to be accredited. Mm. Then you can use that authority to send an ambassador or send somebody or, or designate in a group some, someone to speak mm. on an issue. Mm -hmm. mm. And so uh, trying to sort this through so that people could look at it, I think that, I believe this is where we're headed. Mm. Uh, and I'm hopeful that we're gonna, gonna get there. Mm. So. Yeah. And I would uh, go a little, a little bit deeper, related of the facilitator working group, and because uh, we have to be clear, the rules has to be clear yeah. how it's made the selection yeah. uh, of the representative from different regions, and that's the first thing. This is yeah. important if we are going like uh, on this yeah. matter. Um, I would say, for example, from a region. Yeah. I actually don't know how it happened. Yeah. So, and having this example, we'd go, okay, this is one way, yeah. but we need to make it a better yeah. in this way. They make it, the rules clear, how it would be the, the mechanism yeah. and everything. So, yeah, but uh, at least we have something yeah. that we can see, okay, this is the way, mm -hmm. but we, we can make it better yeah. and how we can uh, improve that. Yeah. So, and that's why it's important the, the meetings, and, and we have uh, like calculus, we have uh, uh, <laughs> that's the things that we have, but it's, it is really important that we could come and bring the ideas, but I wish we had uh, uh, more time also for like each social cultural region to, to talk to each other mm. and then come together with, mm. with an idea. Yeah. The time is something that, that is definitely running out in this, <laughs> in this workshop for further discussion. I know we had caucus, I don't know if you call it emergency, but, uh, but uh, quite a, quite a um, uh, yeah, caucus this afternoon on trying to figure out uh, where indigenous peoples collectively are at in this, in this workshop. Tiana, um, do you have anything to add about role of regions in selection mechanism? I guess for the Pacific, it's a weddle, a challenge mm. in how we organise because we're probably the least structurally organised in terms of mm. having a body that would help run mm. the uh, selection process. Mm. Um, and so what we need to make sure out of this is that, that through the process, what we determine is that mm. the person has a wide range of mm. support and a wide mandate rather than a, you know, a mandate maybe solely from their islands, their, mm. their nations, their place of mm. being, and not necessarily the consensus of the entire region, yeah. um, which we've seen happen for the Pacific and other yeah. mechanisms. So yeah. it would be a way to avoid yeah. that yeah. from happening. And I think part of it is that we've been really hesitant to try to impose a system on yeah. a region. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That we're we're trying to impose an opportunity for the region to organize. Yeah. <laughs> this is the way to put it. <laughs> well, well some, some did say it's, it's a moment to kind of in, be introspective about your own region and your national yeah. uh, representative institutions. Yeah. And of course, the, there's demand about transparency well, and accountability. And, and you've, got, you've got issues of, of, uh, you know, of distance yeah. mm -hmm. uh, and and in the case of the Pacific, you have huge distance between r different parts of the region, but you also have technological yeah. Yeah. Dif dif you know, yeah. great disparities, disparities yeah. between 
the uh, developed nations and the undeveloped, and also the ideologies that have framed where both some indigenous people see themselves as indigenous peoples or some indigenous peoples maybe term, them, term themselves as local communities mm. um, yeah. because of oh, well. how they've been colonised or just where yeah. we've reached in, mm. in this, in this We were on a, on a food security uh, uh, webinar and one of the participants had to drive four and a half hours to get signal so that he could participate. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> oh. yeah. So uh, the, those, that, that's, a, that's a big issue for us. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, another sticking point that um, indigenous peoples themselves had uh, amongst each other was the role of states in the selection mechanism. And I know that the states have left the room, so we can talk a little bit more about, um, about whether, you know, what were the rationale? I mean, uh, or what? Perhaps, perhaps, maybe people are kind of anticipating some pushback, perhaps. Um, or, of course, indigenous peoples are here to ask for the most ideal um, <coughs> uh, scenario uh, in this particular process. Um, yet, um, states are relatively silent on this matter uh, in terms of how they see themselves in. in in, in this in this accreditation process, so so I just wondered. I mean, I know some 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 of you have expressed your positions already, but maybe uh, reflect a little bit more on, on how, how how you see the role of states in the selection mechanism, if any. Um, any? No, go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you that uh, having been involved in this process for quite a long time and gone through thousands of hours of discussion. Mm -hmm on the resolution that we were proposing for the General Assembly. Uh, and having the whole question about accreditation being one of the big hang-ups, mm. and the idea that, that there would be states and indigenous people involved in mm. that, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time wanting to make sure that somebody didn't have a veto, mm. because there were nations that mm. wanted, they said, it's fine, you could do this, but if we disagree, it's all it, someone's out, mm. and we don't even have to tell you why. Mm. We just say we disagree, and that's it. Mm. Well, so having a veto over this would would be uh, would be a real issue, mm. and so uh, the fact that uh, that here at the Human Rights Council we have uh, we have proposed that it be all indigenous people involved. All, a couple people did speak to the idea of of you know, nation states being uh, some role, playing some role in it, uh, we're, we're looking at the idea, and I, I'm certainly not in favor of that. I think that it ought to be, uh, be run by indigenous people, mm. and it ought to be indigenous people that are on this panel. Mm. Uh, you know, and that's, that's what we should shoot for. Mm. And if there's some modification to that, uh, you know, barring a veto, we might be able to accept some. Mm. But I would, uh, at this point, I would say that we should, we, should, our, our, we should be looking for this. And there's support from the states for this. Mm. A number yes. of states have come out strongly mm. that it should be, uh, be indigenous people on the panel and it should be chosen by indigenous mm. people. Mm. It should be an indigenous process. Yeah. And uh, so that's, uh, uh, you know, I think that that's, to me, that's what we ought to be, uh, ought to be shooting for. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah, mm -hmm. I forgot to mention that there were, there were in fact, uh, many states who spoke out today were very much in favor of, of having um, indigenous peoples only on the mechanism. That is where we, we have to mm. like, go, that's the way. Yeah. So it has to be indigenous people involved on, yeah. on these matters. But actually, mm -hmm. uh, someone told that it, who better than us? That we know each other, mm. you know, yeah. and what's yeah. happening in our yeah. mm -hmm. different nations. So, mm. I totally but agree with what you said. Ecuador came out today to propose half and half composition. Um, what do you think about that from uh, from Latin America? Oh, like, uh, but we can see in general, for example, in Ecuador. Mm. First of all, what's going on in Ecuador? Mm. How is the relationship mm. between uh, state and indigenous people? Mm. So maybe. One of the other things is that is what they like uh, they say here mm. and what can happen mm. and after. So I wouldn't like uh, I can say that maybe the indigenous people from Ecuador mm. they wouldn't like the idea mm. that the state being involved mm. in the matters. Maybe for the state they okay they see there's not gonna be any issue, but mm. from Mm. Our our brothers, our sister, mm. I don't think that they would like the the idea. Mm. Uh, you know, I think it should be mentioned that when we were going through the general assembly, there are different levels of decisions that are made at the general assembly mm. versus what are made here mm. at the Human Rights Council, and there because of that different level of decisions, there may be uh, a different level of cons less concern mm. that about maintaining a veto. Mm. But I know that there still were some countries that see, that were speaking, mm. seemed to speak to the idea that something that would be leading towards that. Mm. But we're, we're still in, we have another day and then, then yeah. they'll be working on a report and, and uh, you know, we have months to go before things actually happen. So yeah. uh, we, we really don't know where we are in mm. the process right yeah. now, other than we've had some long days with some uh, somewhat confusing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I would warn against state involvement, particularly for the purpose of the Human Rights Council, whereby the reasons why Indigenous peoples are, are likely coming to agenda items of the Human Rights Council is against things that are happening for their people in in their mm. nation states, mm. and so if nation states were able to determine whether or not they were mm. able to be selected mm. then I just I don't think the consequences mm. and or if a state you know if the reprisals that states cause mm. indigenous peoples mm. for me it's too much of a conflict of mm. interest for them to have any kind of involvement mm. um, yeah and that also goes against self-determination yeah all of the principles that um, we're here fighting for yeah I mean the 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 issues of reprisal came up quite a lot today. Um, <clears throat> and of course, we, we all remember what happened this year, earlier this year. Um, and, um, and this is something that, that, that actually needs to be taken more seriously, perhaps, um, at this level, to ensure the, the level of participation that, 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 that indigenous peoples would want. Um, uh, when, I'm very optimistic, when they, <laughs> they, 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 they manage to complete this process. Um, so um, I guess uh, we should wrap up. So I guess I'll ask the last question. I would, I would just say one thing. Yep. It isn't if we complete the process. Mm. 
It's when. When. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did I say when? Did I, did I, did I say if? If. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I said when. Oh, no, no, no. And, and there is another topic um, like in the out in the yeah. end. Yeah. If, when we, are, we have everything, yeah. and then we need to work on cap capacity building. Uh -huh. yeah. So this is another thing yeah. that uh, we have to have on mind. Yeah. In mind. I, I swear I said when. Um, <laughs> I have to, I have to, we have to repeat it. Um, I was so conscious to say when because it's, it's, I'm optimistic. Didn't, isn't it what I said? Did I say pessimistic? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, anyway. Um, say it again. And yeah, so going to when. Uh, yeah, there we go. Right. Yes. yes. Um, Stand corrected. So, um, so I guess tomorrow, unpredictable, uncertain. Um, so let's let's because we finished the thematic discussions for this workshop today. Perhaps uh, to end the end the broadcast, I would like to ask each of you just just broad reflection um, on 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 what 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 happened in the last three days. Um, and um, no, I was going to ask end your thoughts for tomorrow, but just 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 broad <laughs> reflection. Uh, for the last last three days, um, from where you were sitting, Ini as an expert. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really interesting. Like uh, how everyone came out with some some like information, comments, and also uh, that's kind of like uh, listening the state's uh, positions. Is those three days been? Like, I don't know if it's uh, just an illusion that being there all, all positive, mm. and but uh, I know that this is, uh, we are on the way, but there is a lot of things mm. ahead and months and mm. more work for our um, our team mm. that is coordinating. Mm. Uh, so, uh, but I I will keep uh, my positive uh, thoughts that we. Uh, when we get everything done, so mm. we, just, we just started. Uh, like, that's the only thing I can say. Yeah. Yeah. All reflections. Um, it's been an interesting process. I didn't necessarily uh, think there would be the hiccups that we've encountered, but um, I think that's good because it shows where we are united as Indigenous peoples, where we have capacity to mm. grow and and how we move forward mm. about when this happens and like what the next big rocks or big levers for us to mm. move are um, as people. Yeah, mm. still optimistic, but yeah, it was an interesting but, day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess, Frank, you have the last words. Well, I think what, what I think about is as we look through this process, when we were working on the resolution, which was unsuccessful at the General Assembly, mm. um, for the one of the first times uh, when we went into the big rooms for the negotiation, the room is divided in half, and states were here and indigenous people were here, mm. and we alternated speakers. Mm. And people in the system said they'd never seen that happen before. Mm. That was an accomplishment. Even if we didn't get the resolution, we accomplished something just by that. Mm. In here, we have, we're, there's no order to the speaking. Mm. It's whoever gets up there first, the speakers yeah. come in. We're alternating in terms of facilitation, yeah. and we're alternating speakers. And not it's just alternating, but there's no real order. Mm. So we've proved that this can work. Mm. So this is a demonstration of what we're trying to accomplish. Mm. And... So 
we have already accomplished all of that just by being here and by doing this. The thing that'll ice the cake is when we can actually get the get the accomplishment <laughs> at the end. You know? Yeah. That'll be the thing that, that's yeah. the excuse yeah. me for a food reference, yeah. it is the getting dinner time. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's, this is already set, this already sets a precedence for, for what what could come next. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, okay. Um, it's almost seven. I know. I know. Frank has meeting, and everybody's hungry. So let's stop here, and then um, and hopefully we'll have the final, or maybe penultimate um, debrief um, tomorrow, because Friday there's another debrief, right? So <laughs> <laughs> debrief after debrief, uh, maybe for the whole whole thing. So. So stay tuned, um, and thanks for, thanks for tuning in, listening to us. Hey, what's good, podcast listeners? I hope you found this episode informative and helpful. If so, please share it with your friends on social media. Um, feel free to subscribe as well to the podcast, where I document conversations and, on these and more topics in more detail.